You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Why we go for it on fourth down, um, or why it went for it on fourth down yesterday is I just I trust our guys. Uh, and who do you trust, right? I trust Jalen to make the right decisions with the football. I trust Jalen if it's a pass. I trust Jalen that if it's a run that he creates an extra gap for the defense. And I trust our the heck out of our offensive line. And I trust our guys on the perimeter to make a play with the with the football in their hands. And I think the mo- the first guy you heard the first guy I mentioned, right? I trust Jalen. I trust Jalen. I trust Jalen, right? <laughs> to to because that he's going to be touching the ball every single time. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday, presented, of course, by BetMGM, the voice there of Nick Sirianni. And if you didn't pick up on it, I think he trusts his quarterback, Jalen Hurts. That, that seems like what I heard there from Sirianni. Let's talk some football. Week 5 started tomorrow night. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. He's joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guests on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Ben, welcome back to the show. Let's start with the Eagles. Uh, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites this week in Arizona. Only undefeated team left in, the, left in the NFL. Ben, I'll ask you this way. What are you more impressed with right now, the Eagles' offense or the Eagles' defense four weeks into a 4-0 start? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's the offense. I mean, um, we knew, I would say, in some ways that, you know, their front four would be really good along the defensive side of the football. Uh, they've definitely delivered. I think, you know, the secondary with Darius Slay um, has definitely had flashes of being a shutdown cornerback, but hasn't necessarily, I would say, done it week in and week out until this 2022 season. So maybe that's a reason why uh, you lean in the defensive direction. But I think, you know, the the the, the range in which we thought Jalen Hurts could be really successful in this offense uh, was pretty wide. I thought there was a number of ways where they could do it, uh, kind of relying on his rushing ability, opening up gaps, uh, kind of like Nick Sirianni said with, you know, him kind of being, uh, you, you know, a run pass option. But He's been able to deliver the football downfield through with his arm, and I think that adds an element that, you know, a lot of people probably didn't project, and I do think that's the thing that's really going to not only sustain their success, uh, but make them, you know, a legitimate contender, not only not only the NFC, but um, capable of matching up against any, you know, team that gets out of the AFC as well. So I, I would lean offense just because I think it matters more to their long-term success, and I have been, you know, overly impressed with not only Jalen Hurts, but the young wide receivers kind of coming along with him uh, and definitely exceeding expectations. Ben, want to hit on a quirk with this week five schedule. What we're used to is uh, teams that go to London or any of these international games, they take their bye week right after. Makes perfect sense. But it occurred very early in the season for Minnesota and New Orleans, and they're playing games. The Vikings, you're up in Minnesota, the Vikings touchdown favorites, against the Bears, and the Seahawks are now six-point favorites over the – rather, the Saints are six-point favorites over the Seahawks. 
That number, big move earlier in the week, going from four and a half up to six. The sample size is so small on situations like that. Uh, so, so what do you consider when it comes into handicapping these teams playing right after the London trip? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's something that, you know, started to at least become uh, a thing when we added the, you know, 17th game to the regular season schedule or whatever last year. And I do think that, you know, it, it, it makes sense because, uh, you know, teams want to at least push out their buy as long as possible. So from that angle, uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense. But I, I, I have to think that even given the small sample size, it can greatly impact, you know, the next week's matchup specifically from, you know, a rest standpoint and specifically with the Saints, you know, a, a lot of guys injured in that London game or leading up to that London game. Uh, and, and if they traveled with the team, probably weren't getting the, the necessary rehab that they needed to, or at least not as good as they would have been if they were in, you know, the Saints facility at home. So I think it's a concern. Uh, both teams laying pretty big numbers as well. Uh, I think the you know, the mm-hmm. Seahawks specifically have been rel- relatively plucky. Geno Smith has obviously been, you know, way better than expected. So uh, I think from that angle, I don't really, I don't really love the line movement in the Saints direction. And at some point I do think, you know, the Seahawks are probably going to come become a viable play on the spread. Who are your worst rated teams and looking at them as underdogs this week, would you be interested in betting on any of them? Like the bears, commanders, Texans, for example. Yeah, I think, you know, I I would probably lean mostly in, you know, the Bears and Seahawks direction, given, you know, kind of what we just talked about. I do think, you know, um, I, I do think there's like a clear, probably two really bad teams in the NFL right now. I'd say the Texans and the Panthers. Uh, I could see some angles where you can get on board with the Texans, but I haven't seen anything from Carolina whatsoever that's really wanted me to buy into them in any given week. Uh, that kind of continuing forward in week five, I think, you know, everyone kind of expects uh, them to do something with Matt Rule if things kind of continue to trend on in that direction. And I think that would maybe be uh, the reason why I would finally buy into them if they do make some sort of move at the coaching position. But uh, until that point, I think Carolina's kind of off the board for me, but, you know, week in and week out, um, I'm 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 getting more and more comfortable kind of laying uh, or, or playing some of these you know wider spreads with the Seattle Seahawks specifically, and a little bit to a lesser extent uh, the Chicago Bears as well. Ben, one of the games we were just discussing for a potential survivor pick for our show, and then also on the spread for this week, how high would you feel comfortable playing the Niners this week? That's a game that the line has changed from look ahead to where we are now considerably. Who knows? We might touch seven by kickoff in this game, but I understand why. And the Niners defense, I think, is the best in the NFL. Baker Mayfield might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. That feels like a game the Niners defense could overwhelm the Panthers situation right now. How high would you feel comfortable playing the Niners uh, in that spot on the road, short week against Carolina. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, we've seen, you know, nothing from, uh, you know, schematic standpoint that's helped out Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. I think, you know, specifically, uh, you know, PFF has like their run block grade at 25th overall, pass block grade uh, 21st overall through the first four weeks of the season. So it has not been good. And against what I would widely, you know, I think is widely considered the best front four in football. Uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers have, not only gotten pressure, but they've gotten it in ways in which it's definitely sustainable. They haven't had the blitz, uh, you know, at any sort of high rate. They have been the best team in the NFL at applying pressure on non-blitzing, uh, on non-blitzing situations. So I think that continues. And if it does, Baker Mayfield show him, you know, throughout his entire career, hasn't handled pressure all that well. So 
I could see it definitely getting away. Um, I actually haven't bet it yet. I think if you, you know, uh, I'm looking at it from that particular angle, you know, six and a half definitely seems like a justifiable bet. On the 49ers, uh, you obviously like that a lot more than seven, but I do think, you know, anything, anything you know, before a touchdown, touchdown differential, uh, definitely a spot for San Francisco. I could even see some cases, you know, for why seven is probably, uh, a, you know, a worthwhile proposition as well in San Francisco. But I, I just don't want to touch Carolina uh, at the current state. I would definitely like to see anything from them uh, before really trying to buy into them. So I think it's definitely San Francisco over bust in this particular spot. Packers and Cowboys, a couple teams to look at. I still kind of shake my head. I, I don't know. They're, they're probably going to have really good records at the end of the season, but I'm not sure I'm buying. Uh, do, do you view either team as NFC contenders? Yeah, the, I think, I mean, the, the Cowboys have been so difficult to handicap. I was definitely one of them that, uh, you know, was, was, was saying they were basically going to be written off after the week one game, no Dak Prescott. And then they go out and win three straight games, and I, I bet against them in every single matchup. Uh, so they're a team that I'm definitely, you know, questioning my own stance on them because I've been basically wrong on them throughout, you know, the entire start of the 2022 season. I do think there's a case where they can at least, um, you know, keep pace with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, we have the Cowboys as, you know, the, the, the eighth or, or ninth easiest schedule uh, coming up in the NFL for the rest of the season. So, I, I think there's a viable path to them at least competing and potentially getting that NFC wild, wild card spot. Um, I don't think they're going to catch uh, Philadelphia when it's all said and done, but I do think, you know, the, the NFC East getting two teams into the playoffs uh, is a very viable option. So I don't, I don't mind Dallas. And I think, you know, the, the, the NFC North has been, I would say, even the, even with the Vikings at three and one, you know, somewhat lackluster in a lot of ways. I think Detroit's kind of, maybe exceeded expectations, but the two teams at the top, Vikings and Packers, both haven't really shown, uh, you know, the ability to be a legitimate team or contender in the NFC, I would say even. Um, so uh, I think they can probably end up winning the NFC North, but um, I do think that it's still a spot where I would be very much on the other side of them, you know, in that first and second round of the playoffs if they do get that far. Sunday night football, Bengals at Ravens. We saw the Ravens allow the Bills to come back and win that game. Ravens keep losing at home. Now they're hosting the Bengals. Um, what is your assessment of this matchup? Yeah, I I like the Bengals at, you know, plus three and a half. I think, you know, plus three, I would probably wait because I do think we could see some, you know, movement back out to three and a half or if you are line shopping, uh, maybe find like a rogue 3.5 or something like that. But I think Cincinnati is the correct side. Um, I still think, you know, the Ravens secondary hasn't been great whatsoever uh, in 2022. A lot of number of big plays that does obviously play into uh, the Bengals' strength. I do know people say, you know, the, the, the Bengals and their pressure type situation and allowing that on offense is going to kind of get eaten alive by uh, a Ravens front four. But um, the Ravens front four, even where they at, they were at to start the season, uh, a lot of injuries. Michael Pierce is out. Houston, Justin Houston's questionable as well. So them actually being able to apply pressure is, I think, going to have to come through a manufactured way where they are blitzing a lot. Um, I expect, you know, at some point, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow uh, to at least put a game plan in place to be able to handle a high number of blitzes in this particular matchup. So we could see a few, you know, shorter type throws, uh, some yards after the catch. And I do think that 
the Bengals are going to break enough plays against a, a, a pretty lackluster uh, Ravens secondary to the point where I think they should be able to keep this one within a field goal differential and definitely have a shot to win it at the end because for as good as, you know, the Ravens have been offensively, especially Lamar Jackson, uh, they definitely have not put teams away. So I expect this one to go down to the wire and, and, a, and in a spot where I can definitely get uh, the points in this particular matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm siding with the Bengals in this one. We're talking to Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus here on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. Ben, this is the Falcons show. 4-0 against the spread. We dove in this week and we decided they're our team this year to continue backing at least against the spread this week. They are right now nine-point underdogs at Tampa Bay. What are you thinking about the job Arthur Smith is doing with the Falcons? And do you what do you like about them either side? The Bengals, uh, excuse me, the Falcons side or the Bucks side with the nine is the number right now for a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last year in Arthur Smith's first year, I think he was a guy that I definitely bought into, uh, you know, year one uh, was definitely a little bit of a letdown. So I, I, I don't want to say like I forgot about him, but my expectations for Atlanta were probably pretty much in line with, you know, the betting market expectation heading into the season. Uh, they, you know, exceeded at least uh, that outlook on the spread. I do still think they have some issues. I'm, I'm concerned somewhat for this particular week with no career L Patterson. Uh, I do think he is, you know, even if he is at the latter half of his career, very much dynamic in that offense and does open up a lot of things with his threat underneath. So I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned with, you know, the, the fill-in type running back, Tyler Algier uh, and some other guys with what they're going to be working with offensively um, and how well that's actually going to work with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. But it's, it's, it's a concern because I think, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers secondary has been really good this year. I do think that they're going to be able to kind of, you know, shut down a Falcons passing game unless they do get up, unless the Buccaneers do get up by, you know, uh, multiple scores early on in the matchup and then they play more of a prevent defense. But I think if the game is somewhat close, uh, the Falcons are really going to struggle to move the football. So I don't love anything on the spread. I do think if we move back down to, uh, eight and a half. I know basically everybody had uh, the Buccaneers in an early week teaser, but that would probably be the only spot uh, I'd really be all that comfortable playing uh, in this particular matchup. I know the total, you know, moved up a little bit. Um, you know, Atlanta's defense hasn't been good whatsoever this year, so I expect you know Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to be able to move the football, uh, have some big plays downfield. So the the total basically I would say kind of feels spot on as well, but. Um, that's maybe a spot that you could look at. But yeah, I think the only real play for me early in the week, uh, teasing the, the Buccaneers down to less than a field goal favorite, I think that would probably be um, the only real spot I'd be comfortable playing in this particular matchup. Ben, Super Bowl odds. Everybody agrees that the order right now should be Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles. After a month, is there any team holding value in Super Bowl odds, or are you thinking about any potential buy points on a specific team down the road? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I mean, this is definitely, um, you know, the time to kind of evaluate uh, the team's schedule, I would say, as well, um, and, 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 and see, like, if there's an opportunity after, you know, a tough game or something, if they uh, do adjust at all, uh, maybe that's time to buy into them. But I, I do think the Buccaneers, um, offer some value at, you know, like the plus 1100 price you can find. Uh, they, they are like the highest value according to our simulation. Um, they, they've been, you know, uh, pretty beat up, especially on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you know, a lot of injuries to, you know, the, 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 the line, the linemen and the wide receiver unit as well. So 
I do think they're going to get back and be healthy and definitely have a stay in, uh, you know, what is very much, uh, you know, a wide open, um, a wide open NFC conference. But uh, I think they offer a little bit of value. And I also think the Chiefs. So the two, the two basically like secondary teams in the conference, uh, those are probably the two teams that I'm buying into uh, to kind of get that Super Bowl win. But I, I think it comes down to, you know, who ends up getting that, you know, number one overall seed in each conference. And I think that's going to greatly dictate uh, the path to the Super Bowl. And I think, you know, Chiefs and Buccaneers probably set up the best. Great stuff. Ben Brown on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to the best of the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. We dive into the MLB playoffs. The seedings are set next on the Beck UL Network.